Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And today we complete our trilogy reviewing The Lord of the Rings, colon, The Return of the King. We talk about a very, very cool action scene and some parts of the action scenes that maybe didn't quite land for us. We talk about the lessons learned from these relationships and characters and how we felt about them. I talk a little bit about Nazgul Dragon Anatomy. And we discuss the 18 endings for The Return of the King. All that and more on Movies on the Side. We are concluding our trilogy, reviewing the Lord of the Rings movie, and today we review the Lord of the Rings, colon, The Return of the King. There's so many thes in all these titles. A lot of thes. You know, last week, if you did not listen to our Two Towers episode, let me just say we had special guest Cecily Stiglitz on, and it was incredible because she has read the books multiple times, seen the movies multiple times, and I will say she could not join us for this episode, which is very sad. We did attempt to have her back. Oh, we did. Because we knew this movie series is better with Cecily on board. Absolutely. So we apologize, fans. (laughs) We could only book her for one. She's very busy. That's right. She's very expensive, too. Mm -hmm. Very expensive book. Very expensive. Prohibitively so. Yes. We did ask her some questions via text, and so we'll bring those answers in. Steven, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if we've done this for the other two, but could you give me... Yeah. Tear me off a piece of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, my goodness. Of what these movies came in at. We have not done Rotten Tomatoes for any of these. The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, our first movie, got 91% critic score, 95 audience. High marks. The Two Towers got 95-95, both from critics and audience. So a little higher from critics on The Two Towers. Mm-hmm. The Return of the King, the final movie of the trilogy, got 93% critic score. So in line with the other two. But only 86% audience score. A little down on the audience score. Probably because it's four hours long. But anyway. It's quite long. It's quite long. Also, The Return of the King, as in sort of broad strokes. Yes. It, at the 76th Academy Awards, uh-huh. it was nominated for 11 awards. It won every single one that it was nominated for. They include Best Picture. What? It won Best Picture. All right. This movie, Return of the King, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, shout out Kate Hawley, Best Film Editing, Best Makeup, Best Original Score, Best Original Song for Into the West, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Visual Effects, tying the record for the most Academy Awards won by a single film and holding the record for the highest clean sweep at the Oscars, 11 for 11. They also... We're filming a final scene for the extended edition of the movie after it had already won a Best Picture at the Oscars. Peter Jackson was like, I got one more quick thing I want to put in here. (laughs) That's dedication. Right. Wow. Now, is that song the one that Pippin sings to Denethor? No, I don't think so. Oh, It is the end credit song. That is insane. Obviously, it is an epic movie. I would say probably mostly deserved. I'll have to know what other movies came out that year. I wonder if all the other like hot, like movie studios were like, listen, just don't even release anything in the year The Return of the King comes out. Cause it's- I think this was a big moment in Oscars history where a movie both won a ton of awards and was seen by a ton of people. Right. It is not a pretentious movie that wins a bunch of awards that people haven't seen. It is a movie that was a phenomenon. Do you remember going to see The Return of the King in theaters? I wish I did. 
I'm I'm sure I did see it in the theaters, but I do not remember the experience. Okay. I remember the experience only from the point where I remember the end going on forever and me not caring at all because I was sad to see this trilogy wrap up. Yes. And I remember the the shot of rocks flying through the air from catapults and landing on a bunch of orcs and going in my mind, this is the pinnacle of movie watching at a theater. <laughs> I love this. Actually, now that you said it, I do remember the ending and all the whiteouts, like the flash to white, yep. and sitting there in the theater, and it's like, this is blinding white. Is this the end? And <laughs> no, three or four times, no. Man, okay. This movie begins with the scene of Smeagol and his friend or brother, Cecily would know. His cousin, actually. Oh, his cousin, Deagle. Okay. They find the ring. And I have to say, like, you know, I knew this scene was coming, but man, it feels even more troubling and scary now. <laughs> they do an incredible job transforming Smeagol, Andy Circus. You know, we actually see him as a hobbit and then transforming into Gollum. Like the flashes and like you see his body decay. There's like one part where it's still makeup. It's not CG yet, but it looks like really weird. Yeah, it doesn't quite transfer as well. It had a little bit of Jim Carrey Grinch oh, my. who vibe for a second. You know, it did. It was like a who. That was weird. You know, obviously you do it because you see what the ring did to Smeagol. And then you immediately cut to Frodo after that whole montage. And we see like, oh, man, this could do it to Frodo too. If he's. But I just want to mention this one moment when it transitions we see like a close-up of Smeagol's face when he's almost become Gollum mm -hmm. and it's still his actual eyes with some kind of like contact or film over it yeah. and he blinks and the eyes turn into the CG eyes yes. that's a really cool moment good transition yep yeah connects the two characters so I feel like Nate a lot of this movie is Minas Tirith and you got Denethor there is Minas Tirith let me let me ask you this I don't know if you saw this in the trivia that's like a model right like it's got to be a model that they used yes Model, matte painting, obviously sets. It is a beautiful picture of a city and just the size and scale of it. It just feels epic seeing the city. And you would think after Helm's Deep and the Two Towers, you couldn't get more larger than life, all this kind of stuff. But Minas Tirith is just awesome. It is absolute. Like that design Yes, is absolutely amazing i remember when i bought this on dvd in the early 2000s <laughs> yes, yes i spent a lot of time there it was crammed full of special features behind the scenes stuff which is what yes i mean that's why you got the dvds and that sharp quality yes <laughs> back in the day but <laughs> yeah i remember just being fascinated with the model making and the art direction behind it yes i believe it was right around the time where i was thinking about what to go to college for and thinking like man is this something that i should go into mm -hmm. and maybe i have a little bit of regret that i didn't because that would have been pretty cool Minas Tirith, city of kings Before we get to Minas Tirith, actually, I forget. So Gandalf and the crew are there with King Theoden. Pippin picks up the Palantir. I remember the name. And Sauron looks at him in the in the eye, you know. And that's that's a pretty wild scene. You tell me, you didn't like Merry and Pippin in the first movie. But in this one, after Pippin, you know, holds the Palantir and Gandalf says, we got to go. I'm getting you out of here. Sauron knows where you are or whatever. The departing of Merry and Pippin 
as Gandalf like rides Pippin away and he comes to the realization this might be the last time he sees Mary. Did you feel that moment? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, okay. They are definitely... Wait, hold on a second. Are Mary and Pippin, are they just friends or are they brothers? They're incredibly close friends and also first cousins, apparently. Wow. I know. I had always assumed brothers. Just close friends and cousins, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yes, I think Mary and Pippin in this movie are worthwhile. There is yes. one, you can tell them apart by their personality, yes. which is great. Yes. They kind of take uh, diverging routes. And I also think that Pippin climbing up and lighting oh, the yeah. torches, the beacons. Yes. And Mary getting, you know, riding on the horse yes. with Eowyn yes. into battle and him yelling, Death! All pretty worthwhile. Him fighting the witch king like all pretty good so i think they are definitely worthwhile characters in this one so when they get to Minas Tirith, this is gandalf and pippin they go to denethor played by john noble who in the books and movies this is the father of boromir and faramir i just have to say like denethor does some amazing like eye acting <laughs> like yes when gandalf doesn't think that he realizes boromir is dead yet his son and once he, like, reveals that he knows, they do these, like, super close-ups of Denethor's face, and you see his eyes, like, twitching, and it is just harrowing <laughs> to see it. And he does an, such an incredible job playing that character. Yeah, he is, he is quite good in that role, for sure. Perhaps you come to tell me why my son is dead. He also makes you hate him. As he's, as he's supposed to. Like, I think that's kind of the idea. Right. So Faramir, you know, the, he abandoned Osgiliath, the city, and Faramir and his people have come to Minas Tirith, and he's there in the hall with his dad, Denethor. And Faramir says his line to the dad, and he says, you wish that I had died and Boromir had lived. And then the king says, yes, I wish that. I wish it. And I said, this man... Brutal. Makes me feel like an incredible father. Like, this guy... <laughs> This guy wins worst father ever <laughs> award. And it's like, wow, that is heart-wrenching. Yeah. You wish now that our places had been exchanged. That I had died and Boromir had lived. Yes. I wish that. Faramir also doesn't have a lot to do in this movie, which I think is a departure from the books, because I remember there being sort of a backlash to Faramir being like, no, he's a lot cooler. Right. But he spends a lot of this movie laying uh, about to be burned. Yeah. <laughs> laying around. <laughs> I mean, it is wild that his dad then orders him back to take that city, and you know he's shot with the arrow, appears to be dead. You know, that, that scene when Faramir and his men ride their horses back towards Osgiliath and you see like more and more orcs pop up and pull their bows and arrows and you're like, they're going to their death. Yeah, and it's all over top of Pippin singing. Yes, and that song, that why that moment is one of the, I think, the best in the trilogy because you have Faramir and his men riding their horses towards Osgiliath, riding to their death. You have Pippin singing this pretty cool song. And then you have Denethor eating the stuff at the table with like grape, juice or whatever like dripping down his face yep and it is such a but it is just an incredible moment you feel all of that mist and shadow, and okay so steven this movie which is very very long 
I'm going to divide it into two. One, you have the big action sets. You have the Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, and the Minas Tirith thing going on. Yeah. And then you have Frodo, Sam, and Smeagol finishing their journey to Mount Doom. Yes. They come back at the end. But I'd like to put Frodo and Sam and Smeagol aside for a moment. Yes. And just talk like straight battle stuff. Oh, yeah. And other, and other things. Yeah. Here is my question for you. Not in the Frodo world, but just in the battle stuff. What are your favorite parts and what are your least favorite parts? Now, in this movie, listeners, there are giant old Timothy Oliphants. <laughs> there are trolls. There are siege weapons. There's an army of the undead. There are mercenaries. There are There is a steroid-filled porky pig orc. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of horses and there are the flying nazgul i don't know if the, do they have a name the the little like salamander dragons they fly i'm uh, sure they do i'm sure they do cecily would probably tell us but yep I... we're just two dummies who just go <laughs> yeah porky pig and the salamander dragon <laughs> what are some of your favorite and least favorite things from that part of the movie okay a couple of my favorite moments when Faramir and his men are riding their horses to Minas Tirith as they're escaping Osgiliath, and the dragon wraith things are like picking them off overhead. Gandalf like rides out, and someone from the wall on Minas Tirith is like the White Rider, and Gandalf like raises his staff and like. Let me just say, I don't know how it is in the books, but I really wish Gandalf did more like wizardy things in these movies. Yeah, I'm like he's Gandalf the White. He's lived thousands of years. He could defeat a Balrog, and all he can do is like he hits people with his staff. <laughs> he just hits people with his staff and shines a bright light so the Nazgul go away. I'm like, surely he's got some other tricks up his sleeves. But anyway, that, I love that image of Gandalf holding the staff. And then you see the Nazgul like fly back away. Like that's a cool picture right there. That shot of Gandalf holding up the light and scaring away or shining away the Nazgul feels like an Alan Lee uh, beautiful painting that was then turned into film. Yeah. So I loved that. It seemed great. Also in that scene, whatever cheesiness I thought that the riding dragony Nazguls had in sort of the first two, I thought yeah. there were some kind of CGI. Not as greatness. Yeah. They turned it up a notch because they looked <laughs> great. Yeah. And there is, I know there is one shot that I just absolutely love where the camera's like low and behind a few horses. Yes. Like following them. And that dragon comes in and just bowls them over. Yes. Just completely scoops them out of the way and three horses go flying. It's crazy. Yeah. Very cool scene. My favorite moments is when King Theoden and Rohan shows up and they start riding as fast as they can towards the orcs. And there's a couple moments like this where you see the orcs with like really scared faces. Yes. One is then and then the other time is when the undead army comes to, to defeat them. I love those moments. And you see the horses like plow into the orcs and we see close-ups of them like bowling them down. But then you also get these wide shots seeing like the sea of horses like penetrate the orc army and like just a wave oh my goodness like those moments 
are awesome. I love that. Horses greater than orcs, Oliphants greater than horses. If an, if, <laughs> if you did yes. a rock paper scissors, that's right. It's that's it's right. or it's Legolas defeats Oliphant. Oliphant defeats horse. Horse defeats orc, and orc I guess defeats Legolas. Man, I man. don't know. Or oh, yeah, I got to figure out how to circle that back around. Yeah. But oh, I'll come right. up with the rock paper scissors game soon. <laughs> circle of life. So I think those are my favorite moments. You know when the the elephants come in. It's it's cool. It's not as cool as I remember. I really feel like I'm I'm at a place now where I think when I was younger, the elephants were like, oh, those are so cool and big. But now, man, the horses really get me. I like when the horses come in. Yeah, I think the I think the elephants sweeping the horses aside initially is very cool, but it's a big CG uh, load to carry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, for those scenes, like it becomes, you can put some realistic horses in there. Have them bowl aside CGI orcs, but there's something about like it gets to a point. I think when it comes to the the elephants plus the undead army, where it's like, man, I'm looking at a lot of CG and my eyes kind of glaze over a little <laughs> bit. Like, okay. yeah, yeah, there's that. I have to go back to something Cecily said last episode, yeah, and which I saw in this one is that Theoden, like she said, is really obsessed with going out and dying in glory. Oh yeah, and right. in general, like he's not expecting to live, nor I think does he want to. Mm. And him having like, if there is a moment where he can die on the battlefield and basically say like, yeah, we're not going to live, but they will remember the day. Right. Yes. <laughs> he says some more lines that you probably didn't like, but I did. I mean, I, I like him better in this movie. Honestly. Spears shall be shaken. Shields shall be splintered. A sword day. A red day. And the sun there are a couple really cool lines in this. Uh, for example, yes. we go to Minas Tirith. The, the door is getting invaded before Rohan shows up. And Gandalf says something like, Your soldiers of Gondor, no matter what comes through that gate, you will stand your ground. Yes. I yes. think it's very, I think Gandalf is, Commander Gandalf is like, sure, I'd fight him into battle. And I want to discuss this in a little bit about his conversation with Pippin about the afterlife because it slows down for a second. And I yeah. find this moment very touching. That is an incredible but, scene. But first, give me the rest of any more war or battle things you like or dislike. What do you think about the undead army, for one? I love the scene when Aragorn recruits them. Mm hmm. Because the undead army are like ready to take him out, and then he like holds up the sword and chokes the the ghost guy. Yeah, <laughs> like obviously the CG doesn't age super well, but I love the idea of them. And then I also have the thought like, you know, you should have kept him around till at least you go to Mordor to fight <laughs> Sauron yeah, you got directly. One more battle to do. Just you hang on a little. I mean, you've probably been in that mountain for a thousand years. I'm definitely going to have you fulfill your yeah. oath, but you guys aren't going to die anytime soon. Right. What's one more day of fighting? Exactly. Just, yeah. yeah. It even seemed like it was the same day. But anyway, so that was cool. But my favorite moments, after you told me that Aragorn, Viggo Mortensen, when you told me he was like a prodigy at the sword, I was watching to see. And you don't get a lot of it in this movie. Right. But once he comes with the undead army, you do see a number of scenes of him like wielding that super long sword, which super cool scene also when Elrond like forges the sword again and you see the yes. elves like banging the thing. But watching Aragorn with that sword and just having Gimli and Legolas fight side by side, like when Legolas takes down the elephant and Gimli says... 
Yes. I, I love all those moments. So, But I think the horses are my favorite, and seeing Aragorn with the sword was pretty cool. What about you? Like I said earlier, I remember those rocks being thrown yeah. um, from the catapults. I don't know. There's something about... Porky Pig takes one step to the side. To your, yeah, and Porky Pig moves to the side. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I think in general, like a siege is just great and i love that it's during the daytime unlike helm's deep so it feels like a different battle even though a lot of the stuff's the same yeah i loved the the horse stuff as well the undead army for me gets a little meh because i i'm there wondering like can you guys interact with the real world are you gonna die again what's your like this green wave coming it's like you could have gotten here three days earlier we would have (laughs) not had to have any right. humans died? Why did they have to ride the boat? They should have just floated over there <laughs> in like a few minutes and taken them all out. Right. And I, I do have to say, I yeah, I like Gandalf kind of talking to the troops in, in Minas Tirith. I do think that when Pippin comes to say like, they're burning Faramir alive and goes to like, and yeah, Gandalf yeah. leaves the battle to go do that, part of me goes like... Eh, it's kind of important that you stay with the troops. I don't know. Do you need to rescue Faramir right now? <laughs> oh, my word. No, he had to. He had, he had to do it. I, 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 I guess you have to. I will say watching Denethor in a flame, like on fire, run and like just run right off the end of that like long yeah. thing, whatever. Pretty evocative imagery. Yes, exactly. Some stunt guy is probably having a great day. Yes, wreath me in flame again for the fifth take (laughs) as I run out this door. Peter Jackson's like, we need one more. (laughs) Please, no. And then my final thing for the battle is they sort of shoehorn the Witch King into this movie, which I'm okay with. I don't think I really needed him uh, to be like, yes, that Witch King, that super powerful guy was the guy that stabbed Frodo in movie one. Right. That you just seemed like one of nine. So, like, the fact that you're now, like, super cool feels like you just kind of brought him <laughs> in for this third one. But right, right. this is, for me, is when all Eowyn glassy eyes pay off. Right. Because when she pulls off her helmet and says, I am no man. That is worth all the other Eowyn scenes that are okay yeah. for her to basically stab a sword into the face head, head hole. <laughs> yeah. The head void. Hole, yes. Yeah. The void. Can I just say too, I like how Peter Jackson and whatever directors in this movie handled the death of like big enemies. Yes. Like the, the Witch King, like, kind of, like, crumpling in on himself. That's nice. Very effective. The There was a weird sound effect when she cut off the head of that dragon thing. It was like a wah, wah, wah. Like, I don't know if you heard that, but that was weird. I did. Okay. This is a real quick moment. That dragon thing. We'll call him Sally the Salamander. <laughs> Yeah, yes. When Sally attacks forward and she hacks at his neck. Yeah. It takes her a couple swings to right. behead him. Right, exactly. If you're Sally, don't you have to go like after you get hit the first time kind of pull back like well, I'm not going to let you just chop through my entire neck, right? You would think, but he kind of just sticks it out there again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Well, he I guess he leaves it out there." That's a uh, flesh wound. I guess I'll just get hit again. That is a Also, weird. that's a pretty sharp sword because I assume I don't know exactly about the salamander dragon anatomy, but <laughs> I assume there's thick. some like 
bone and some pretty hard things in there. You would think. You would think. But I guess in order to fly, you have to be pretty light. So maybe it's more bird bony. That's true. But I mean, anyway. dragon, dragons fly. But anyway, with the point of like big enemies dying effectively, before I forget, like when Sauron, like when his tower actually comes down. Yeah. I love like the effect of you see it start crumbling. But then when the eye like disappears, there's like a burst of energy like pushes the tower to the left. Like just the visual of all those things, like really cool. Yes. Pretty good. Also. How did uh, Porky the Pig die? The Porky the Pig orc. Probably the uh, there should have been some kind of mini boss battle with like Aragorn and him. But was there? I, did I miss that? Was there a scene? I don't think so. I think maybe the undead army just kind of took him out with everybody. Else. Oh, I would have thought that he would have had a you know facing somebody down. You would think so. if we had Cecily, we talk about the extended I edition. There's probably some. Apparently, in the extended edition, Brad Dorif as Grima Wormtongue. Ends up getting shot by Legolas, but he has already stabbed Saruman. Huh? Grima kills Saruman while he's trapped in Isengard. We don't see that in the theatrical release. That's interesting. That's crazy. Well, all right. I want to talk about a few lines, and then we can come to you know Gandalf talking to Pippin, like you said. But there, there's three lines that I love, in addition to what we said. I love when Gimli, when they're about to go to Mordor and fight the armies, one of the most memorable lines, Gimli says, Certainty of death! Small chance of success. What are we waiting for? I love that moment. Yes, quite good. Then when they're at the gate and Gimli is standing next to Legolas as to kind of like put a bow on this relationship between the two of them, he looks at Legolas and says, I never thought I'd die fighting side by side with an elf. And then Legolas looks at him and says, what about fighting side by side with a friend? And like a single tear rolled down my eye. As he said, it's, it's it's very very good. Uh, speaking of lines, while we're right there in that scene, yes, where do you think Aragorn's? You know, there will be a day when the courage of men shall fail, and the blah blah blah. But this is not that day. Where does that rank for you? Because I know you love the Independence Day speech. Where does this rank for you in motivational speeches? A day may come when the courage of men fails. When we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. Honestly, I would have to give King Theoden's speech, even though it's a little fatalistic, a higher ranking than Aragorn's. A little. (laughs) There's something about Aragorn's voice that... A little more higher pitch when he yells, isn't it? It's a little more higher pitch and it doesn't have the gravitas that you would expect from like a, a commander. Yeah. Like Russell Crowe talking to his men, you know what I mean, about... Elysium or whatever. I don't know. You just don't get it. It's good for sure, but it's a little, you know. It is a little awkward though when they do show up at the gate and Aragorn's like, hey, uh, Sauron, (laughs) hello, (laughs) we've come to fight you. Why did they let the orcs surround them? That's what I want to know. Like, I feel like that's army 101. Like, don't get surrounded by the enemy. Don't get outflanked. Well, because they're not there to survive. They're there to give Frodo some time. Yeah, but I do enjoy the slow motion of Aragorn turning back after he's kind of like has a quick uh, whispered moment with Sauron. Like Sauron's like, hey, do you want to just kind of like be friends? (laughs) And he turns around and smiles and begins charging. Yeah, That's a good slow motion. That is good. Peter Jackson used all the frames in this movie. All the frames. Especially for the five endings of this movie. Every last frame was used. Yep. <laughs> All of them. One last line. This might transition just to Frodo and Sam after your Gandalf and Pippin moment. But 
when Sam and Frodo are going up the Mount Doom and Frodo is like, can't walk anymore. And Sam says this line, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Talking about the ring. And then he throws Frodo on his back. I cried. I'll be real. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a definitely a motivational one. But talk to me about Gandalf and Pippin because he's talking to Pippin about the afterlife. Yeah, I thought this, this is a a really interesting moment in this movie because it slows down. Yes. And Gandalf has this kind of like, everyone's going to die eventually, but like, it's going to be okay. Like, right. Because basically, you know, we're going to die here. We're all going to die right here. It's not something to be completely like scared about sort of thing. That is a really touching, I don't know, kind of a sweet sweet moment especially as someone myself who believes in an afterlife it's like has this moment of oh yeah outside of this giant battle in middle earth there's like there's more to it than just the theoden you know rise for glory right but like it's okay if you're a hobbit and you die in this battle i thought it was a really touching kind of sweet uh moment death is just another path one that we all must take. The grey rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass. And then you see it. What? Gandalf? See what? White shores. And beyond. I, I totally agree because he says, you know, death is not the end. And then he says, it's a journey we all must take unless you get to ride the elf boat to the afterlife. And then I guess you yeah. don't need to experience you it. You don't get to take that. But you have to carry a ring into Mount Doom in order to get on that boat. <laughs> I loved it because in a strange way, I hope I'm not close to death, but like it almost gave me comfort that one day like, yeah, death is just another thing we all have to do. Right. And it's not the end. Like, I, I really like that. It was a touching moment. It's a very comfort. I don't know. It's somehow I find it very personally comforting about dying. Like, honestly. <laughs> Is that weird? Oh, that Gandalf no, no. in Lord of the Rings makes me feel like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's okay. My life will come to an end someday. Like, when hopefully I'm old and gray and maybe I know that I'm close to death. I might watch that scene a few times just to <laughs> give me a little comfort. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was pretty cool. Okay. Frodo, Sam, and Smeagol. On their journey up. This movie is where the Frodo Sam Smeagol really pays off. Yes. Like, it stands side by side with these wonderful battles, and I'm not bothered by revisiting them again. One, the spider battle is great. Oh. Sam showing up again. The betrayal. Sam against that spider is an amazing scene, and I love seeing Sam like finally do something like that. Like it's awesome. Let go of him, you filth! <laughs> you will not touch him again. So and good. it's like yes, 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 yes so yes. good. I also love that they go past the uh, dead city of the Nazgul or whatever. And I, I had a momentary thought of like, wait a minute, there's a whole city of like undead things. What are they doing there? Is there like a general store for the undead and like a post office oh, yeah, for the undead? Yeah, no, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I think a lot of it is just kind of taking care of these sort of uh, greasy horses. Like, that's a lot of what mm. you have to do. Uh, make make cool armor for yourself. <laughs> that's right. Patch right. up your cool black cloaks. You, you go to the tailor shop and it's all black cloaks. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to wear today? Black. Yes, cloaks. 
again, I guess. <laughs> they, undead opens his closet. The Nazgul has a closet. It's all just black. Now, if one of them had like a really bright floral print, it's like, Dave, come on, man. But he only wears it at home. <laughs> and, then, and then, like his Nazgul friend looks. He trades into his work cloak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another day at the office. Got to fly Sally the Salamander. By the way, have you noticed that Sally seems to have a death witch? He, I think he kind of wants his head chopped off. Yeah, I don't know. Just fly on Sally. He's fine. <laughs> He's the biggest one. I don't know. He doesn't seem good. <laughs> this is at Getting the uh... floral print off, Dave. It's time. Is it the Nazgul coffee shop? They're having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, um, the, how does your spectral coffee taste? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really taste. We just do it because this is what we used to do. Why does a bright light have to shine every time we leave this place? It's <laughs> a huge beam of light. Okay, but Sam Frodo, Gollum, climbing that cliff and... Gollum, like, intentionally putting the crumbs on Sam and blaming him. You get, like, I still get, like, angry. Like, I feel this, like, emotion of, like, you can't do that. What are you doing? And then for Frodo to fall for it and stop trusting Sam, it's it's heartbreaking. I think this movie, actually, I was watching it and thinking about you, Stephen, and thinking about how we talked about, you know, someday you're going to let your kids watch this when they're 45. That's right. But as I was watching this movie, I definitely had the thought of, it has so many good lessons to teach us. It does. Because I wrote this down in my notes. There are so many lessons on negative thought patterns slash like obsession and addiction and how that can destroy you. Because there are so many characters in this movie that are kind of overcome with a lie or a type of like thought process over and over again that eventually like is their undoing. Like, Smeagol became Smeagol because he was driven by this tormentor Gollum who basically reminds him, you're a murderer, you are, like, you are worthless. And, like, that slowly drives him that way. Eowyn is sort of driven by this, like, you know, you're you're not good as, you know, you're not good for anything except, you know, being a woman and, and comforting soldiers. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, she's driven by, Theoden's driven by this, like, I don't deserve to be living, this fatalistic tendency. Frodo's driven eventually by this, Smeagol kind of speaks in this lie that other people are all going to betray you, and this is, you can only do this alone, where really his relationship with Sam is the only thing that gets him through. Right. And I think all of these, I don't know, like, there is a real lesson and moral of the story of how the things you think over and over again can really shape you as a person and what can start off as a flaw can eventually become like your entire downfall basically yeah and also like the story of sam you know when frodo tells sam to go home you know and sam cries it's such a heartbreaking scene but when sam gets to the bottom and sees the lambus bread broken on the rocks and he knows that Gollum did it like his persistence and perseverance to help Frodo to the end. Right. We all want that friend. Yeah. A self-sacrificial love. Yes. And even when we resist help or say, go away, don't help me, like there are moments when a good friend will say, I hear you saying you don't want me, but you're actually not, that's not actually what you want. Mm Mm-hmm. Like what what you are saying is because you're feeling a certain way. Maybe you feel like you don't like you can't trust anyone. Maybe you feel like I don't have your best interests at heart. And you have to know like, you know, what people are safe and what people are toxic just in general. Right. But to have someone like Sam who will still be there so when you're trapped by the spider and you get webbed up, 
he was actually still there, even though you didn't acknowledge him and didn't want him there. Like that's such a You're right. I don't know. There are there are no solo heroes in this story. It really throughout this whole trilogy, the importance of having friends and people around you that will help you. Even Gandalf needs Merry and Pippin at times, you know, to light the yeah. to light the beacons or to you know yeah. that is actually pretty rare in movies and probably rare, you know, taking it from the source material, that it really like sure, Sam is awesome and Frodo couldn't do it without Sam. But Sam could also not do it without Frodo and Aragorn needed Gimli and, and Legolas around and needed, you know, like Arwen to inspire him and to right. come in every once in a while and kiss him while he sleeps. And the moral of the story is we all need an undead army friend <laughs> that will come fight our battles when all hope is lost. That is the moral of the story. Uh, get an undead army that treats you like the prince you are. That's what I always <laughs> That's right. say. That's right. When Sam gives the ring back to Frodo, you know, Sam goes into that orc tower. Which I love all that, you know. <laughs> you see the shadow of Sam going up the stairs, and he's like, Aah! yeah. And then he finally turns around the corner, and the orcs are like, "Ah, oh, it's just a hobbit." But then he still kills him anyway. But the moment when Frodo tells Sam to give the ring back, and you see even Sam, yep, is not immune to the ring's power, but he can still resist it, and he understands what he needs to do. I love that moment. Yes. So we have to talk about the scene, the final scenes of Frodo and Sam in Mount Doom. Right. Because Frodo finally gets to the platform where we saw in the first movie where the last king couldn't throw it in. And all of a sudden, Frodo doesn't, he chooses not to throw it. Yep. He says, no, the ring is mine. Now, here is something that, here's something I have a problem with. If you're going to be on a journey for about a year getting to Mount Doom, and you know that eventually this will take your life, right? Mm -hmm. I think if you're Frodo, okay, be Sam in this conversation i'll be frodo okay okay sam hey sam yes mr frodo i don't remember the shire anymore but i need to tell you something when i get to mount doom the ring has me sam i'm not sure i'm gonna be able to do it sam mr frodo could you do me a favor yes when i get there to the edge i need you to pick me up sam and if i don't drop the ring (laughs) just heave me over the edge because I could not trust myself. Sam, you understand? Hevo. <laughs> Off I go. Mr. Frodo. Yes, Sam. I can't I can't kill you. We're going to die anyway in this land, Sam. We have no more lambda's bread. And by the way, if I turn bad and Sauron wins, we all die anyway. So if, give me a count of three, and if I don't drop it, heave ho. Off goes Frodo. You understand, Sam? Mr. Frodo. What if... Yes, Sam? What if I just bite the finger off that has the ring? Then you don't have to die. Are you able to get through a whole finger with those teeth, Sam? I think my teeth. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that will work too. The Lambus bread has been training us the whole time. To bite off fingers. Yes. Right. But I, I need to tell, if I... Stay close to me, because if I put on that ring... Yeah. By the way, if I put on the ring, look for footprints and just start pushing at the air. <laughs> Shove me off, Sam. I feel like, yes. <laughs> they should have you had that conversation. Have, you gotta have a you plan need because... redundancy. You need redundancy. Redundancies, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, there should be a, some sort of pact. Like, listen, if I can't do it, we need to finish this mission. So right. just... Let's go down together. Off we go. Yeah. Blaze of glory. Right. You guys can both jump. Like, hold hands and then run towards the edge. This should have ran. You know what I mean? 
Or maybe he should have just chucked it from like the beginning of the platform. But anyway, he chooses not to. We asked Cecily and she agreed. Like in the books, this is exactly what happens. Frodo at the moment decides he's not going to throw it in. He puts the ring on. But then Smeagol to the rescue. Yeah. Good thing they kept Smeagol alive even though I wanted Smeagol to die about 80 times in this movie. Absolutely. Many, many times. Smeagol, I don't know how he bites a finger off with those teeth as you implied. <laughs> that seems implausible. Ah, he eats a lot of raw fish, so he's got I mean, some fish are ones. pretty soft. I don't understand. I mean, I guess maybe he eats the bones. But anyway, uh, it's a pretty, like, suspenseful scene, you know, done well. I guess it's, a- it's accurate to the books. The picture of Smeagol falling to the lava while he smiles and holds the ring is, again, evocative. I don't know of a better word, but it's an incredible image seeing that. When that ring doesn't quite burn right away oh, and yeah. it's on that little crusty lava, <laughs> yeah. I remember watching it and being like, Oh, no. Are we in the right mountain? I mean, at that point in time, I thought someone was going to have to cannonball on top of it <laughs> in order to break that crust. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had that thought the first time, too. And then we have the one of the grossest moments in the trilogy of Sam pulling Frodo up by a four-fingered hand that is also bloodied. Don't you drop, Frodo. Don't you drop. <laughs> Don't let go, Mr. Frodo. So that was good. And then they... Okay, so now we approach the end of this movie. Yep. Sam and Frodo are on this crag. They think they're going to die. Yep. And they get rescued by the eagles of Gandalf. Yep. We also texted Cecily about this because my question is— I did some research as okay, well. Okay, my, my question, I think, since the first time I saw this movie is, why not summon the eagles, <laughs> have them pick Frodo up in the Shire, yeah, yeah. fly him to Mount Doom, and have him drop the ring into the volcano from like 100 feet? Like, why, yeah, yeah. why, why is A couple this? things. Yeah. One— with Sauron's attention, he's got a bunch of them flying Nazgul that it seems like Nazgul versus uh, eagles is actually like a pretty close fight. Maybe sure. the eagles have an edge there. But if Sauron has all of his you know people shooting a bunch of arrows up at an eagle, okay. like, yeah. they're not going to make it very far. Mm. There's a lot of things they can do to shoot them down. Right. So they have to wait till Sauron's kind of out of the picture. And two, the eagles are a proud people that do not typically engage in the wars of men they care not about you know what they're going to wait wait these, they don't want to meddle in this war these are sentient birds is that what you're telling me oh yeah 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 they're like speaking like these are not just like animal birds these are like oh. i think i started reading the hobbit and even in the hobbit the eagles are like they got their own society their own like people king and all this stuff wow okay i didn't know all that now yeah yeah i forgot to ask cecily this but why does gandalf talk to the moth to summon the eagle is this moth like uh some some kind of a mess emissary emissary because <laughs> uh, he does the same thing on the top of the tower too i don't know exactly it doesn't seem like he's actually calling the eagles this time he just kind of gets surprised like oh, yeah eagles are here right that's I'm true sure there's an answer in the book and this is why if exactly. we had cecily things would be better for us and then we have Five to eight endings. Yes. Let's rank yep. them in order of how good they are to how bad they are. Here's what's here's what I find good. Aragorn getting crowned king. Liv Tyler as Arwen shows up. Yep. I didn't remember how little she was in this movie as I know, well. I, I know. Thought was, <laughs> I thought she was in more of it. I thought she was too. I was like, oh, well, you're just here at the end. Right. Anyway, but that seems great. Vigo as Aragorn gives her a... a a kiss is out of the blue in front of a crowd. And I had a question for you. Yeah. Because I like this scene and I like them all yeah. bowing to the hobbits and being like, you bow to no one. I thought that yeah. was really good. Love that line. You bow to no one. 
But I do have a question about kissing in movies. Do you think it shows more of a deep relationship if the main heroes do that kiss at the end or a hug or forehead touch? Because I, different movies choose different things. But what do you think shows like a deeper lifetime connection, the hug or the kiss? I think it depends on the characters. But in this moment, I feel like a forehead touch a la your, you know, you love the forehead touch. Yep, the scroll. I feel like between the two of them, yeah. The, in this movie, I think a forehead touch might have been more effective Yeah. than a full-on kiss. Yeah, yeah. Especially there's a lot of people around you. A lot of people it's around you. And awkward. they all cheer in the movies. Yeah, it's going to be awkward when they all stare at them. Yeah. So, I mean, do you agree? You would you prefer a forehead touch? I think the forehead touch is, is great. I also like sort of the uh, kind of the hug while you do the forehead touch. Yeah. I'm yeah, also yeah. cool with the, like Frodo does the forehead kiss to Sam later. I think that's also a yes. sweet gesture. That's very good. I love that ending scene. And I do also love when they get on the boat. The goodbyes with Frodo and, and yes. Hobbit's realizing that Frodo's leaving and that whole, like, yes. <laughs> Cecily uh, equivocated it to Elijah going up in the fiery chariot in the Old Testament. It is that kind of going on to the afterlife. And so right. I love that scene. If you're Bilbo, you're super old with a cane and you have to live out eternity as an old man, <laughs> not guess, ideal. I guess so. I also do love the scene of Sam, Frodo, Merry, and Pippin sitting at the pub and, you know, everyone from the Shire is celebrating and happy. And it's that idea, you know, I don't, I'm not an expert in this, but I imagine soldiers who come back from war and try to like yes. experience normal real life stuff again. And it's this thing of like, we just... We've been through too much. We've been through too much. Like we've fought too many Nazgul. We've seen too much death. We've experienced too much to enjoy this anymore, or at least it's going to take us a while. Right. You know, and then we eventually see Sam get up and, and, and marry the girl that he wanted to. And, you know, you kind of gather that he now has the courage that maybe he didn't before to like ask her out or whatever. But I do love that moment where it's like, no, we're not these kinds of people anymore. Like we've changed significantly and, and we have to figure out how to reconcile that. You're right. I think that was the next best one of the endings. I think... Going past the moment of victory and really sitting in sort of that, like you said, like that melancholy almost afterwards, like we saved the world, but for us, the toll that it has taken on us, it's like right. we're not able to necessarily enjoy the saved world that we're in. Yeah. I think is really affecting. It does sort of leave me on a, a note at the end of this movie, like, huh, yeah. Yeah, there is that. I kind of wish for the war again, which is weird. And I do like basically, you know, Sam living out his days married with the kids, like that is what they won. Like that is the result of all the sacrifice and right. hardship. Like now there are people who can live their normal lives, never knowing all that transpired, but still live out their days happy. I, you know, I I get that. That's yeah. And then I think the final and worst one of the endings is Frodo laying in that bed. Oh, yes. <laughs> and and Gandalf is there at the bottom, and it's all slow motion. He, Gandalf! Ha, 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 ha. And all the frames from the first movie are in this, like, four-minute montage of awkward reuniting. I agree. It is like in a high school musical when everyone jogs out as each character is, like, 
as the crowd applauds. <laughs> exactly, yes. It is as if they all get a moment to step in the door and they all smile. It's just sort of an, I really wish for it. Don't slow it down. Don't make it this like Don't slow it down. heavenly light. Just have it be where they all meet up again and they all like have a moment of them saying like, I can't believe you were able to do it, Frodo. <laughs> and yeah, like, and don't bring them in one by one. It's like this long drawn out thing. The only one that I really liked is when Sam enters the door and Frodo and him exchange glances. And it's like this thing of, man, we've been through it. some stuff. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. And like their relationship has changed a little bit because of it. You know, they've saw sides of each other that, yeah. you know, maybe they didn't know before. So that moment I like. But everything else about that scene. Is- yeah, like Aragorn walking in seems awkward. Like him just kind yeah. of standing over the bed. Like it, I know we weren't together that much. And the last time I tried to take the ring, like, you know, I you were worried I was going to take the ring from you and you left. Like we haven't really adventured together. But let me tell you something. While you were gone, I became king. I killed about a thousand orcs <laughs> while right. you were doing that. I got and a really Legolas, big sword. He surfed down an oliphant trunk. So That's like right. we got a lot well, of things to talk about. All right. Well, let's rate this movie, Nate. All right. Because we have not done it yet in this trilogy. On a scale of zero to five rings, how would you rate The Return of the King? I'm going to give The Return of the King four rings. Exactly four rings. So I think that leaves me at three and a half, four and a half, and four for the three movies. Yeah. yeah Altogether, yeah. I think I would give this series four rings total. Yeah. It is, this movie is very good. It is very, very long. It is a pretty satisfying conclusion to the story. Frodo and Sam actually pays off at the end. It is quite long, but quite good. And I would completely understand if someone watched this and then queued up Fellowship of the Ring and said, run it back. Let's do it again. (laughs) Yes. Because it is a story... And an adventure that really pulls you in and yes. it really makes you care about these characters. And that's something that's somewhat rare in movies. So it is very good. I give it a four. Probably my least favorite things are, I think at times, the undead army and some of the <laughs> ending kind of has it heads towards the end. It gets a little muddled at times, but you're already so committed to these characters yeah. that there's not a whole lot they could have done to ruin this story. So they just needed to land the plane, and they did. I agree. I'm going to share your rating with a four. This is a solid movie. I enjoyed watching it again. I will enjoy watching it again in the future. I love the lessons and the stories and talking about it with you and Cecily. I mean, it's it's an epic trilogy. We've had uh, listeners at least share photos and with me and like, I think I'm motivated to try and read this trilogy after we've talked about it and such. And like you said, it's has deep characters and deep meaning. Like I do love it. And so four for this movie. And I will also agree with you four for the series. Listeners, let us know what you thought about our trilogy of Lord of the Rings reviews. Leave a comment on our Instagram at movies on the side. Don't forget, you can support the show at patreon.com slash movies on the side. Support the show with any amount. You get access to all our bonus episodes. Today, Nate and I shared screenshots of our home screens, and we critique each other's app and widget choices. And don't forget, if you have not yet, we would appreciate a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And like we always say, I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. 
A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship, but it is not this day, an hour of wolves and shattered shields, when the age of men comes crashing down, but it is not this day. This day we fight by all that you hold dear on this good earth. I bid you stand, Mots of the West. So, fly on an eagle with us? No, nope, that's <laughs> stupid. <laughs>